hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, this week's episode features Derek Galsman. Derek hosts a podcast called Once Upon a Boot. He is a Navy veteran. It's a really great conversation, Um, but I'm specifically posting this episode today um, and releasing it today because tomorrow is the inauguration. And in light of the recent events that have happened at the Capitol that have been basically embarrassing to the entire world, as well as many Americans, um, it's also been equally mortifying for military personnel. Um, So I just thought that this was a really good episode to release today. Um, Derek's a great guy. Go and listen to his podcast. Again, it's called Once Upon a Boot. All of the information is going to be in the description. I hope you enjoy the episode and thank you for your service. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, It is, uh, I cannot believe it's November, honestly. (laughs) It, this whole year has been kind of weird, actually. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. What a weird, weird year 2020 has been. So to my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the voice you're hearing on the other end is Derek Galsman. So Derek, would you like to give your elevator pitch, your 30,000 foot overview of who you are, etc.? Sure. So I'm Derek Galsman. Uh, I'm a Navy veteran, uh, husband, father, uh, currently working as an engineer in the defense industry, and I'm also a podcast host myself. Yes, and uh, I actually found your podcast because you had posted it to Reddit, and I uh, kind of had this this inkling that perhaps you'd be an awesome guest, but you do host a podcast uh, called Once Upon a Boot. It's a really great podcast. I really enjoy it. I've learned Thank a you. lot from it. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of you know touch on the everyday stories of veterans and active duty because you know, you hear a lot of these stories of valor and these Mm -hmm. extravagant tales. And that's such a small sect of the military. You know, most of us are just, you know, everyday people and we get into, you know, our fair share of uh, shenanigans. So that's what we try to cover on the show. Absolutely. And my husband, um, as my listeners know, is a lieutenant in the Navy. He is a Mustang prior enlisted. So he's been in for 15 years now and he always makes the joke that the Navy is the first shirt or first, first, job he's ever had to wear a shirt for because he was a lifeguard at Knott's Berry Farm. So, um, and, 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 you know, a lot of, a lot of, especially because when we're recording, it is Veterans Day today. So thank you. It is. Um, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions as you do highlight that, you know, you're right. It's not every, like half of the people aren't going to be in that combat field um, that are, that are in. Um, yeah. And it's such a small subset. So, um, you know, of course, especially right now, you know, it's great that my husband's in the military because he is essential and and whatever, but, um, but he also, you know, looks at the other end of it because he's, he wants to stay until 20 and he's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So that's a conversation we have a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I had that same exact thing because, you know, when I was coming to the end, I did six years and when I was coming to the end of my six, I knew I was going to get out. And then I was so focused on getting out that that last, probably that last year, I was like, oh, shit, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that. And um, 
when I used to work at this company, uh, I produced a podcast for the company that I worked for and we interviewed some Marine veterans and um, one of them had just gotten out and he was now using his uh, GI Bill to go to school and get his degree. Um, and he said that the hardest adjustment was realizing that like there's no organization that can really properly prepare you. Like there's all of these organizations that are focused on veterans, but unless you have like someone on the outside really looking out for you and like that job lined up, it's so hard. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it, it's it's just mind blowing, especially with like the amount of people coming in and out of the military, but I digress. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we are a podcast about imposter syndrome. So um, uh, that feeling, especially in 2020 has come up time and time again, but I think you will have a unique perspective, especially with that military background um, because my husband himself is constantly like, I don't know who put me in charge <laughs> at all. So yeah. So yeah um, I am about like ready to hop into it. So let's uh, go with the first question. Do you feel like you have it all figured out? No, not even a little bit. It, every day is a struggle <laughs> for sure. I always say that if uh, someone was to tell me like, oh yeah, like I have it completely figured out. I'd be like, mm. I was starting to get it and then COVID <laughs> happened. And then I was, oh shit. Now I'm like, you know, doing everything that I already do on top of, oh, now I have to homeschool my oldest son essentially because yeah. the schools are closed. So yeah. How old are your kids? So uh, my oldest is seven. My youngest is three and my seven-year-old's in first grade. So I'm basically teaching him first grade and then also working at night and also doing all these other things. And it's, it's, it's a time. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Where in, uh, where, where in the U S are you? So we're, we live in New Jersey now. Okay. I'm originally from Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we spent most of my time in Virginia when I was uh, in the Navy, but we live here now. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I have a zero East. We're not going to ever go to the East coast. Uh, we're very, <laughs> uh, very much coastal people. Um, yeah. but, but he, he said, he said, Oh gosh, if like they ever make me go to Virginia, I'm just not going to do it. But Virginia is a nightmare. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, uh, without ragging on it too much, it's just like, whenever my friends move to Virginia, I'm like, see you never. <laughs> yeah. It's like two different militaries too. Right. Like West, West coast Navy, for example, is like its own branch compared yeah. to you know virginia it's it's crew. and i've found that a lot of my east coast community um there's just a small subset of them who just hate being stationed in san diego they absolutely hate it they'll tell you it's like the worst duty station they've ever been to and i'm like it's 70 degrees year-round <laughs> it's pretty affordable if you're in the military yeah. um without children i would suppose because some people move here with like a lot of kids and it's a lot yeah. harder for them but, i mean i judge yeah. i judge everything by the bah yep. like whenever i would get orders i'd be like okay what's the bah for this place or this place if, if the bah was high i was like uh maybe we don't want to go there <laughs> absolutely yeah but um but i i really i really wanted to stay here um we'll be going to hawaii next but uh but basically the detailer told my husband he was like does your wife have cancer and he goes no oh. And he said, well, can she get it? <laughs> because <laughs> because um, if you have a like an EFMP family or someone yep. that, you know, has, a, you know, exemplar, exemplary medical situation, then you'll put them where a medical system and is in place, which is Balboa Medical Center here. Um, yeah. So, so no, we couldn't stay and <laughs> it's all good. But we, we, uh, we bought our house. We plan to rent it out and and we'll be back, I hope, because I do like living here, but yeah, it's all good. Um, but in terms of having it all figured out, I kind of agree with you. I 
really thought I was like onto something and then the pandemic hit. Like I was finally like, like I, I think I know what I want to do. And, and now that has been wildly shifted based on the pandemic and getting laid off and all of that. Yeah, um, and sure. it's, it's definitely um, given me time to figure out what really drives my soul, which has been really cool. I mean, I've been podcasting and that's been pretty cathartic, but then also uh, I do a lot of volunteering for the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society, and I've also been helping with my commands FRG, which is ultimately a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, FRGs <laughs> usually are. Um, even though it's all virtual, which is, it should be pretty brainless, but it, it's of course, you know, politics. So, <laughs> so I've, I've definitely found that, um, and maybe, maybe you've seen this on both sides now going through it and then also being on the civilian side now that there's kind of this, if you're not ever having a personal tie to the military, you don't really get it. And one of the things my boss, when I was being laid off had said to me was, well, you weren't really permanent anyway. So, mm, okay. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Like you hired me as a military spouse, like fully knowing that like, I wasn't good. I, the possibility yeah. of me not being here for longer. Um, but whatever. So I've, I've been doing a lot more um, volunteering and a lot more uh, stuff for the military community. And then I'm hoping in Hawaii that I'll pick up a clearance and then hopefully be set. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the way to go. So in terms of imposter syndrome, um, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome and what ways, and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? So, I mean, for me, it's about being, you know, an outcast or an outsider. Mm -hmm. And that's really how I was, you know, pretty much my whole life. You know, uh, part of the reason I joined the military was just to get out of Boston because like I didn't really fit in, you know, it was kind of like an outcast with me and my group of friends, but they weren't really going anywhere. So it's like, okay, well, I didn't fit in with the regular kids. I didn't kind of fit in with my group of friends because they were content just, you know, doing nothing and skateboarding and, you know, just hanging out all day. So I went to school for my bachelor's degree and I got that. And then at the end of that, I was like, oh, I don't want to do what I just got my degree in. <laughs> so I joined the military. Um, and then even there, like I definitely didn't fit the cookie, cut cookie cutter mold for like, you know, military guy. What I thought of, you know, was a military guy. I did well in my career, but even there, you know, I, I felt like I didn't belong. And then I got out and that hit me like you know a brick wall and then i i super didn't feel like i fit in i'm working as an engineer now you know with all of these older guys that are seasoned and experienced and it, it's, it was like a culture shock to me and then uh you know i started going back to school for my master's degree and i feel like uh billy madison like every time i'm in <laughs> class <laughs> all these kids are you know I, last time i was in school we had like a pen and, and a notebook and now everybody has a tablet or a laptop and you know, I still show up to class trying to write notes and then, you know, uh, the pandemic hit and everything went online and that kind of hit me more. So it's like, just when I'm starting to figure things out, I, I become like an outsider again and feel like I'm, I'm struggling to fit in every time. Yeah, no, that, that I, I can resonate a lot with that. Um, my, my husband, I hear a lot of my husband when you're speaking, um, he, he joined the military. I mean, he is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, so like, I don't know his brain, he's like an encyclopedia and his last name's Woolwick. And so his, his, <laughs> his, he got made fun of him was he was called Woolwickopedia. Um, but oh, he, okay. he's just very, um, very, very smart. 
And uh, so that's why he does really well with information warfare and, and, you know, he's always been too smart for his own good. And, but he also, you know, similar to you had friends that weren't really going anywhere. Cypress, California is like, you know, Orange County. And, and if you, basically, if you don't work for tourism out there and don't go to college, um, you just kind of, your only option is to work at like Knott's Berry Farm. And he just didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. So he, he joined the military. His parents did not believe that he was going to join. They came to get him and they were like, wow, I guess you actually were serious about it. Um, <laughs> And so he, he's been in since he was 18 and, uh, he, he's felt similar. I mean, I, he said, it's like weird because, because you're, you're a cog in the machine, you're, you're one small subset of, of a bigger picture. And yep. then he, and then he got picked up for, for OCS and he, like, he never in a million years thought he, he dropped his package, but he didn't think it was going to ever happen. Um, and he said, you know, then he started as an officer. And then the biggest issue he's had is that he's had to separate military from his personality because when you join at 18 or you join when you're younger you really don't get to have that you don't really know who you are as a person without the military um yeah. so he by the time i'd met him he'd figured out a way to just be two separate people himself at work and then himself yeah um and and he and he's it's he's always not he's always felt like an imposter because he's very sympathetic to his guys having served prior and not just being a uh, academy grad. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say officer culture is is mm, very yes. different. I I tried to join as an officer because I already had my bachelor's degree, but at the time the tattoo policy wasn't as lenient yes, as it yes. is now, so I couldn't join as an officer. They wouldn't take me because of my tattoos. So I joined enlisted, but after I was enlisted, I was like, man, I definitely would not have fit in the wardroom. No <laughs> chance. And that's so, so funny to say that because it's almost like. He, my, my husband had tattoos, but as soon as they relaxed the policy, he was like, all right, sleeves. Like, yeah, see, so. I, I already had all that. So when I went to join, they were like, yeah, no, he, he just told me to leave his office. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I when I serve at the NMCRS, um, there is a guy that works there. His name's Jay. He's a he's a senior chief and really great guy. And he was saying the same thing is that he, he, he wanted to do uh, officer, want to be officer, want to go to OCS. And, and, and they said, absolutely not. Cause he had so yeah. many tattoos and he was like, dang it. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, yeah. and, and for me, like, I, I, I hear a lot of myself too, because I, I definitely like never fit in in my entire life. I've never fit in at all. I've always just kind of been the nerdy kid and the weird kid. Um, yeah. and kind of had to forge my own path and 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 I think like it's it's especially hard in a career because I just have never felt like I fit in from day one working in an advertising agency to working in a marketing firm and being like uh I'm the only woman in a position of power <laughs> and like everyone's making sexist jokes and I feel weird about this. Um, so it's been an interesting career, but I definitely have found ways to definitely combat the imposter syndrome. But this podcast came yeah. to be because I, like the worst fear I ever had was getting laid off or fired or whatever. And, and then it happened and I was like, well, I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was wondering, I, I always wondered, I was like, does this, does anyone else feel this way? Cause I feel it all of the time. I feel like constantly, I didn't like a child 
like in an adult's clothing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I hear you a hundred percent. Every time I'm at work, I'm like, shit, I I feel like I don't fit in. I feel like I've been faking it for so long. I'm like, oh, well, no one realized that I really, you know, don't have a clue what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, but it sounds like you've had like a really interesting career and done a lot of cool things. I mean, I've listened to your podcast, so I kind of have a lot of familiarity with a lot of the stories that you've told. Um, but uh, in terms of success, um, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? So if you asked me growing up, if I was successful, I would say yes, because, you know, me and my family, we didn't grow up, you know, like dirt poor, but we were pretty, you know, we struggled. So, you know, I have a home, I have a family, I have a good paying job. So I'd say in that respect, I would say that I am successful uh, because I kind of made something from nothing. But for me, like I'm never content with what I have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm always trying to get better for me. Like everything's a competition and it drives my wife crazy. But, (laughs) you know, I, I can't I can't just like be okay with what I have. Like I got this job. Okay, well how do I get promoted? How do I get to the next level from there? Oh, I have, you know, I started school. All right, well, I need to get my master's degree. I need to, I need to do this and that. So, you know, I'm, I'm always working to the next level. I don't know when in my mind, I'll just be, you know what, I think, I think now I finally made it, but you know, I I'd say overall, I'm fairly successful, but I, I'm just not content with it. Okay. And I, and I, everyone has a different measure of success and what that means to them. And I think like, if you didn't have that hustle drive, like you wouldn't be successful. And that hustle drive is the differentiator for so many people. Cause I've seen in this pandemic, a lot of my friends shit their pants and sit in it. And I'm like, (laughs) yo, like this is the time to like figure out what you want to do. And so I had to distance myself from a lot of people and, you know, on paper right now, I'm, I'm not, you know, bringing in the coin. And that doesn't really matter, obviously with my husband being an officer, but um, even so I, I don't have to worry about a lot of things. And so like, I have this time and to, to breathe and, and think about things. And so yeah. if I like look at it on paper, I'm like, dang, like maybe I'm not very successful right now, but then I think about all of the things I'm doing, like, you know, manning the home while he's not here and raising my dog and, <laughs> and volunteering and, um, and all the other things that I've kind of got on my plate, those are feeling fulfilling. So in those regards, I do feel successful because I look at a lot, I have a lot to be grateful for right now. And I think um, that is the best blessing of 2020, um, especially amongst the political climate and and everything that's happened this year. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's nice to just kind of feel like I can take a breath because before the pandemic, I actually realized that I wasn't being valued in my position and yep. I asked for what I was worth and my company couldn't meet me there. And then the pandemic hit. And so it was kind of, it was kind of fortuitous in a lot of ways because I've had this, I had this revelation and I had to been like around June when I realized things, the, the pandemic wasn't going to go away and going no. back into an office within the next year would be one, taking a job away from someone that would still be living here for the next three years. Cause I know I'm going to Hawaii. And two, I, I mean, like it just, if I made more money, would that have made me happy? And I don't think it would have. Yeah. I mean, and everything you're saying, I totally get. And I think especially, you know, for a military spouse and, Mm -hmm. you know, I had that episode that we touched on that with me and my wife, if you don't stay busy and stay focused, there's so many 
uh, you know, women and men in the military spouse community that they, they become so reliant on their significant mm-hmm. other that they kind of lose their own, I guess, identity. Yes. And then that can be really, really detrimental. So I think yes. that that's good that you find something that keeps you busy and happy. So. Absolutely. Because it, the second that you lose yourself, you become a joint Facebook account and no one likes you. <laughs> like <laughs> the amount of joint Facebook yeah. accounts that I've seen in military community is crazy to me. And I actually came into the military community as so I was 27 when I met my husband. I had to think. Okay. I um, and he had been, so he picked up his can- officer candidate. He did his first LTJG tour, um, in, uh, Hawaii. And then he moved to Denver. He had a good feeling about Denver. And when he moved to Denver, he finally t- was able to take a breath and he was like, I'm ready to date. Like I'm ready to find the one. And I don't know if I've told this story in my podcast, but I'll just tell it. So I almost never met my husband. Um, I will admit that I was a big a-hole in 2016. I had given up completely on so many stuff. I was miserable in the job that I had. I just wasn't like the best version of me and then Trump got elected and so whatever. Um, It was just a weird year for me personally. And um, my husband was very excited to move to Denver. And I had my Tinder settings so, like the radius was a mile because I didn't want to go any further than that. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I also was just so fatigued by it. So we matched and I swiped right. Cause I was like, who would wear a Naval off of officer uniform in Colorado? And automatically I assumed he's definitely probably got kids. He's probably been married like three or four times. Like I thought of every military stereotype. That's a fair assumption. You could ever, <laughs> yeah, you could ever think of. Turns out never had had a serious relationship like before. And, um, the nicest guy on the planet had never considered getting married to anyone that he dated. And, and so I, I, I unfairly assume these things. So he invited me to go to this bar and, uh, it's, it's this bar that's, it's, it's like any downtown bar would be where, you know, the downtown bars are very touristy. They're, they're set up for like the baseball stadiums and, and whatever's around it. So in Denver, um, which is where I'm from, there's a bar called the view house. And, um, mm-hmm. I always called it the whorehouse, but, <laughs> but, but it, so he invited me to go to the view house because he signed a lease downtown and I hated playing tour guide. I didn't like, I, I, and every time I ever met a guy that had just moved to Denver, they're like never willing to like date and settle down. And I was really looking for my person. Like I really wanted to meet the one. So the fact that like he was my person, and I almost didn't meet him. So he invites me to this bar and I'm like, no, I, I, we both kind of ghost each other. We both date other people. I quit my job. I log into my OkCupid in February. So this was December, February and it's February 10th. I'm logging in to delete everything. And I get this whim. If you're, if I had my settings set up so that if you weren't a certain match percentage, it would go into another inbox. Yeah. I was like, I might as well just read all these terrible messages from polyamorous people before I like delete this, <laughs> right? Like I might as well. So, so I see that he's messaged me, look at the photo and it is the same dude in the Navy whites, <laughs> huh. which I tease him because he's catfished me because at OCS, he was 180 pounds because they ran, you know, four miles a day. Oh yeah. Time. I mean, it's basically a boot camp all over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so, and so he, and he, he was, he's definitely a big, like a bigger guy now or whatever, but I just, I teased him, but you know, he's very, like my husband's a very handsome man. I, I, I adore him. Um, but he basically was like, what are the odds of this? And in Denver, it's very likely that you will see the same people over and over and over on all the dating apps. So the likelihood was pretty high, but 
he said, I'm not taking no for an answer. Like we have to go on the state. Like, what are the odds? And I had laryngitis and I was just like, ah, like I'm not feeling well, uh, but like, sure. So I gave him my address because I apparently didn't care if he was going to murder me. (laughs) (laughs) And he picked me up and the date lasted 72 hours. I moved in a month later. We got married eight months after that. We've been married for three years now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Not too shabby. Yeah. And so, but like, like in terms of like imposter syndrome and stuff and coming into the military later, um, there is a lot to be said because every spouse in my wardroom in Colorado was like seasoned. They were like, we are here because the schools are good and like, and we yeah. want to live in Colorado and, um, and, and we'll take this joint billet because this is, you know, information warfare community is very small. So, so it's, it's been interesting because I had that view and then we came short from shore to sea and I was not prepared for that at all. Um, I'd never had an underway. I'd never had a deployment. He lied to me and said he never had to deploy ever again. Biggest lie that they'll ever tell you. Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but the way it was supposed to work was he short do or he, or he short towards so that he could, you know, come onto the ship and it was supposed to stay in the yards while they're deployed. So he's uh, been gone now for going on 60 days, but Fun. it's, yeah, it's, and it's just been a weird year with the pandemic and all of that, but going yeah. from shore to sea, it's been kind of like a slap in the face. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're telling me. <laughs> and I was so vehemently, like, I don't want anything to do with my spouse community, like gross. They're all in MLMs. Like I can't stand it. And now I'm, you know, very, very involved and very connected because I realized that the, pa- the pandemic made me realize that I actually needed that. And if I had yeah. been working all the way up to him deploying and it had been a different year, I, I really don't think I would have been so connected. And, and I don't think I would have as much empathy for the spouses that are, you know, there with their kids and the kids are homeschooled right now because of virtual learning and all that. So. Oh yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I always used to say, you know, it was, it was kind of easy for me being on deployment. And then my <laughs> wife, you know, the, the first one was just her and my oldest. I think he was, I think he was like six or seven months when I left on my first deployment. And then my second deployment, uh, oh, two weeks after I left, she found out that she was pregnant. Oh gosh. So she basically did the whole entire pregnancy without me it, while also dealing with uh, our son who was like three for, you know, during that time. So I always say like, Hey, good on you. And now I'm yeah. kind of getting it back because now I'm home with the kids and she's working. <laughs> so, well, speaking of that with the deployments, um, for my listeners, and if you don't have a military connection and I apologize if this, you feel in the dark here, but there is this thing called the deployments Murphy's law and it happens in threes, three terrible things happen when your spouse leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was, I owed the state, we owed the state of Colorado $4,000 because uh, they did not accept uh, that my husband changed his state of residence for the tax-free situation. And then <laughs> my tire popped on the highway, driving my friend go. home. And the third one was that we ordered a pergola to be installed at our house and they lost the pergola and it t- it's it's getting installed next week but it just like i've had to hound them for ever. so i'm gonna i'm gonna consider that the third one but they're, they're, but basically it's kind of been funny to watch what people are posting like you're not gonna believe this flooding or like my dishwasher broke or i got in a car accident and so yep. it's just it's it's i think it's just a phenomenon and i don't really believe it's completely true but it's definitely something that happens so her finding out she was pregnant murphy's law 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that was an interesting care package. Yes. Oh, she sent you the care package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, I I I definitely um, I'm laughing now because I think like a year ago I I wouldn't understand any of these things and now I do and I just cracks me up <laughs> yep it was it was a time <laughs> <laughs> so i think we've touched on it um do you have any advice for anyone that's listening that like might uh be struggling with kind of these feelings of imposter syndrome or like in their career like do you have any advice of like how to combat it so i think the biggest thing that helps me is you have to separate i guess your professional life with your personal life so I thought that I would be fulfilled in my job or in, you know, uh, getting my degree or, or anything professionally and nothing I was doing was really hitting that for me. So, you know, going through therapy, you know, my therapist was, was the one that talked to me. She's like, you have to do something for you. She always says like, it's okay to give yourself a hug. Right. And, uh, for me, it was starting the podcast and connecting, uh, I guess with that brotherhood that I kind of lost separating. So I think mm -hmm. the way to fight imposter syndrome is to find that one thing that makes you, you know, kind of motivate and, and get happy and, and connect. And you, you have to do stuff for yourself to make yourself happy and don't try to look for fulfillment in places that you're just not going to get that fulfillment. I think that is beautiful advice and great advice. And I, and I also love that you mentioned therapy because um, especially in military and veterans, like the, it is so normal to seek out help now, but it wasn't yeah. when, when my husband first started out and it, and no, it no, wasn't no. okay. And um, he, he, of course, he's very much, he's made it very normal for his sailors to seek that because um, he himself has had to seek it out. Um, yeah. And, and, and I love that, that, you know, she gave you this advice. You you really made something beautiful here. I mean, to my listeners, this podcast it's definitely interesting. Um, and of course, I will let him have the floor at the end to you know talk about it. And I'll share the links as always. But I, I really do believe that um, you are sharing something that's so so important because you are giving a voice to. The, the people that haven't had a voice in that and you're making people feel more connected, I want to say, because um, I just think that you're, you're telling these stories from all walks of life. And, and I love that that's also cathartic for you and helping you too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been night and day and, and people can even see, like my wife says all the time, you know, I just don't like people, I guess you would say, but then I do this <laughs> podcast talking to people. She's like, I don't understand how somebody that hates everyone can, you know, talk to people, you know, on a weekly basis and, and be good with it. But it, it really does help. It's, it's just, you know, rather than trying to fit into a community or a group that I'm ultimately not going to be able to fit into or, you know, feel comfortable in. Okay, well, what was I comfortable? I was comfortable in the military. Let me talk to veterans. So yeah. it's just, you know, no matter what you're doing, you know, let's say you work in uh, sales and you hate your job. Well, you have to do something on the side that makes you happy. You know, maybe you won't fit into the, you know, sales community or whatever, but maybe you like to play music. So you, yeah. you seek out people that like to do that. And that's what you do. I, I totally agree. Cause when I, I mean, my most recent role, I was a marketing director and I found more joy sitting on a board of directors that was helping the LGBT center. Um, it was like a, a fundraising funnel that would help the youth, pro, uh, youth, their youth housing project. 
And yeah. I still, I mean, I sit on the board, but we're not doing anything. So, <laughs> but I'm friends with a friend, my friend, Rick, he works at the center and um, I play drag bingo every week. And now I'm like working with a, a drag queen to donate a fundraiser. And that was just purely because I showed up every Sunday to play drag bingo. Cause what else can I do in a pandemic? Nothing. <laughs> um, and, and so like, but I wouldn't have known that that was something that I wanted to do had I not sought out joy in another place. Um, cause I, I felt like as a marketing director for one company, I was like, I'm not doing enough. I don't feel like my heart's not in it. I'm not really doing a whole lot. Like it doesn't feel like I'm doing enough. And so that was kind of what sought, you know, had me seek out some, some different things and some different avenues, which is now I'm podcasting and I've gotten to talk to some really amazing people over the last eight months. I mean, I can't believe I've been doing this podcast for eight months. That's crazy yeah. to me, but it's just, it's beautiful to kind of find things that really do drive your soul because I feel like imposter syndrome, like kind of, as you said, you can really combat it when you start to do things that are authentic to you and you separate kind of those two mentalities of professional and personal. For sure. For sure. So I think we've touched on it. We can say sashay away to the elephant in the room, which is of course imposter syndrome. But this is my favorite part. I love talking about things that you love and things that you might not like. Um, so uh, I've mentioned it a million times, but currently I'm fanatical about the Mandalorian. I am oh, obsessed yeah. with baby Yoda. <laughs> I have yeah. a baby Yoda. It's, it, I bought the doll. Okay, actually, so I bought the doll. Um, I have that $24.99 doll that like, it doesn't have legs. Yeah, we have it, that too. It, yep. it's, I, mean, I think it's cute. My husband finds it creepy. Um, <laughs> and I've since then, because he finds it creepy, like bought, I bought him a sailor outfit and I like put it on him <laughs> over his little robe. Um, I'm fully oh. planning. My friend's like, please don't take the baby Yoda to downtown Disney with on my birthday. And I was like, Ooh, I am <laughs> actually, cause you told me specifically not to, I am. And I'm That's like, great. and I'm going to buy an outfit. She's like, please don't. It's my birthday. <laughs> but I'm, I just, I really like it. And, and the Mandalorian for me, I feel like is, is it's, it's a good show. It's got a good heart on it. Yeah. Um, I love that show. And it's just, I really think it's well done. And so, yeah, that's my fanatical thing that I, that I've been you know, not unwavering on, and I'm part of the baby Yoda cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there too. Yeah. So how about for you? So things I'm fanatical about. So I'm a big time, like comic book nerd. I've always, you know, even in the military, I had a tablet that just had comic books. And whenever I pulled into port, like on deployment, I'm like, okay, I got to find Wi-Fi so I can download more comics. So I kind of <laughs> got really into it in the military. And then, um, but pre-pandemic, I was starting to train for what was hopefully going to be my first bodybuilding competition. And that kind of wow. completely went down the shitter. But I'm, I'm really passionate about like weightlifting, bodybuilding type stuff. And then buying things that my wife really doesn't like me to buy, <laughs> um, which has kind of slowed down in the pandemic because I got nowhere to hide things now. So Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I cracked up when I read that because yeah. <laughs> um, because my husband does things that drive me insane. But uh, he, he's so funny. He, he's super into like making cocktails. Like that's always been his thing. But then like, I, I just drink the same four things. I drink wine and I'm not going to venture out further than like opening a bottle of wine is like the fanciest we're going to get. Um, and then he, I drink tra this tropical, truly only tropical, truly, because I've just, I've taste tested all of them. And that's my favorite. And, uh, I drink IPA beer. He drinks different beer. So, 
basically I don't touch anything that's in the liquor cabinet. So he'll come home from like under what he'll be like, you, why is everything like still here? And I'm like, he's like, you should make a, make a cocktail. I'm like, where do I begin? Like, I don't even, I have <laughs> no interest in, in learning it. Um, so, so I just, I think it's funny because he will buy more and more stuff. And then I'm just like, do we really need this $300 bottle of whiskey? He's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Every time I'm never I buy something. Drink it, right? Like- <laughs> yeah. My wife's like, what did you order now? I'm like, oh, we needed that. She, oh, really? We need, we need this, whatever it is. And then, you know, it'll probably end up sitting in my office. But but. It's funny because on the flip side too, he's very um, utilitarian. Like, and so if it's, if it's, if he buys things that are purely for one function and that will have one of one of those things. And so my, <laughs> I always bring this up is that when I moved in with him, I got rid of a lot of stuff that he said that he had already. And then I believe Thanksgiving time came around. I was like, where's the turkey baster? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you said you had a turkey baster and a meat thermometer and he didn't have either of those things. And I threw them <laughs> away. I was so mad. I was like, it's Thanksgiving. Um, so, so I just, I, he, I, I, you remind me of my husband because he does silly things like that. But the, yeah. the comic book thing, that's, my husband has something similar where he's just like, if, if there's Wi-Fi, he's downloading shows, like shows and movies yep. and stuff. And then I send him, I'm sending him the Mandalorian on a zip drive. There you um, go. But I have to wait for it to fully be out for it. Yeah. This is what, two episodes in right, right. now? Right. And I yeah. haven't even watched it yet. I, I haven't watched this new season yet. And oh, you haven't? Why, I, well, I haven't wanted to because I, oh, really I kind of want to like, I want I want to be able to binge it. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I, I feel like okay. I'd rather like watch three in a row and then because they're so short. I um, know. Well, the, the worst part is, is, you know, me and my wife watched the first two episodes. I'm like, man, I have to wait another week for the next. Right, one right. Because like Game of Thrones, it's like I can't get that that my life back from it. Like spending all those <laughs> especially Sundays, after that last season. Right. And spending all those Sundays. And so for there's almost yeah. like it's almost like if it's not bingeable, like I'm very like squirrel, like you have to. so so I'm waiting on it but I I have heard good things people have said it's really cool my friend Diana she has a you cannot talk to me about this when we volunteer she knows that she's the one who got me into the baby Yoda stuff and um and she's like have you watched it yet I'm like no um I have no excuse I mean I have a tv in my bedroom which was self-care yeah I was gonna say (laughs) I have no excuse but I will I promise I will I I think I'll (laughs) I'll think I'll watch it this Friday just because I'll have three that I can watch and then I'll feel good about it oh yeah Fridays they come out (laughs) yeah so um in terms of unpopular opinions I always say that um as long as your opinion is not you know hurting other people I e.g racist or hateful um yeah you know it's it's cool with me so what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why Okay, so when I first read this and and you said example cantaloupe is trash and then I was like, okay, well, I I hate coconut. So that was the first thing I did. And then it was really bad when I started to, you know, super get in shape for the competition mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you have to have this many milligrams of coconut oil a day. I was like, yeah, no, we're going to cut that out cuz that ain't <laughs> happening. But I I think at the time that we did this, you know, the big thing in the country was like police brutality and Yes, yes. So one of the things that I don't like about the veteran community Mm -hmm. is we kind of get lumped into the same group. Everybody has like a stereotype of this is a military veteran and they wear, you know, and I'm not picking on anybody right now. This is, if this is how you are, like, that's cool. I got friends that are like this, but you know, they wear like, you know, their, their t-shirts with, you know, American flags on them and this and that, like, that's just not who I am. Um, I'm proud to, to be a veteran and stuff, but I don't think, 
or I don't agree that, you know, one group of people are kind of, I guess, immune to criticism. And I guess that's kind of unpopular in the veteran community because a lot of it is like, respect the military, respect the police, respect this and that. I'm like, listen, I'm going to respect you if you give respect to other people, if you deserve respect. If you don't, like, then you don't get anything from me. So I guess that's kind of been unpopular for me in my community, but maybe not so unpopular, you know, for the rest of the country. No, I don't, I don't think that's unpopular. I think it makes total sense. I mean, my husband's constantly telling me like, he's like, ah, like, like, especially like when the uh, election news happened. Right. Um, And so he's out to, he's out to see. And I I emailed him and he said, oh yeah, we're watching it. Like I saw it. And then he said, Hey, you're not going to believe it. The Marines are all pissed off, but everyone in the Navy seems to be pretty happy about it. And you know, there's just like, sometimes there's just a division of opinion and, and, and and it sucks because, you know, I agree. Like you have to give respect where respect is due. Um, but also like, there's no one way to be a veteran. There's no one way to serve your country. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. But also, the election, yeah. the election yeah. stuff really divides, really, divides. really. Yes, it does. It does. It does. And, and my husband, so he, um, when he was in stationed in Colorado, uh, he, he, I would say he's more progressive in his views. I don't, I wouldn't say he's necessarily completely Democrat or whatever, but he's definitely a little bit more liberal and a little bit left-leaning. And um, he would call him liberal arts sports camp because <laughs> he was, he was the only person that like wasn't on board with the current administration. Um, and uh, so, so it's just, it's just weird. I don't know. It's weird. It, it is. And it, it's something that you can almost feel if that makes sense in yeah. the military. Like, so I was on, deployment i was like physically in the middle east when trump took office and the when i tell you that like the day that he got sworn into office the entire i guess i guess climate of the middle east changed like you know the way that they they were to us in that area it was it just completely flipped 180 and it was something that you know ever since then really opened my eyes to how things were, how people view us. Yeah, and, um, absolutely. That, that, that really, you know, helps to change you. Cause I would say that I was more conservative before I joined the military mm-hmm. and then somehow the military did the opposite. I mean, I consider myself more of a libertarian now, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's just wild. The, the views, you get this melting pot of people in the military that come from all walks of life. And you know, when they all come together, it gets pretty volatile. Yeah. So. Yeah, it does. And and my husband was also deployed at that time. I believe he was also in the Middle East um, at the time that uh, that Trump also took office. And I, I was really scared because I, I mean, given that this is my only deployment, so this is my only frame of reference, right? He, this is yeah. his seventh deployment, like whatever, oh, fun. you know, fun for him. So for, or six or seventh, I want to say. So for, he said basically, because I said, hey, like, I'm really scared, like, because I'm, 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 I'm a civilian. I'm here. I'm in this country. So he has been underway during the Black Lives Matter movement and police brutality. He was underway when the pandemic hit. Like, he's been gone for all these major things, and he's had to come back to a very different footing on the ground. Yeah. Um, so I said, I'm a little nervous about how this election is going to pan out. I'm nervous about the political climate, and I'm also hearing that like, should Trump be taking office, everyone's extended in Middle East or whatever. Because um, I have a friend that her husband's deployed currently out 
out in that area and he had called her and said we might be extended or whatever so yeah we got extended when he right, took office exactly so. so so i and i'm like hearing all of this and of course again don't have a frame of reference so i email him and anxiety email at probably like midnight one night <laughs> yeah and i'm like i'm like what's gonna happen and, and he and he emails me back and he says i have been deployed for every single every single time i voted i've been deployed for for the change of command <laughs> essentially he's like and honestly it's okay like don't worry about it but he he did some echo similar that it it was a weird feeling when when he took office it was just bizarre yeah um, but you know, hopefully it's all going to be better. I, I he keeps saying it's going to be smooth sales, and so far this year it's been nothing but <laughs> not smooth sales. Like yeah, his, definitely not smooth. Yeah, yeah. His ship was part of the um, the uh, marine accident the last year or this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, nice. Really great. Yeah. His strike group. So I, I just, and, and after that, I was like, is this how deployment's going to be? Because I don't <laughs> think I can handle it. Like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> but yeah. he was like, I promise. He's like, it's really like this, this stuff doesn't happen. It's just exercises. It's okay. Like you're going to, we're going to be fine. And so, but I, I've told myself that like, no news is good news at this point. So I'm, I'm just going to, that is try and true. hold it all together until he gets back but yeah um and then to go back to coconut i feel like <laughs> coconut i i'm not a, like I, I i like the smell of it but i don't i'm like i don't really like the coconut oil i don't cook with it i heard that actually like some people it makes it can actually increase your body weight um for a lot of people that they're, they're very resistant to it and then oh i, I got i got a story about that Ooh, i had yes. a sale i had a sailor that was under me on the ship he used to make himself so he needed to lose weight for the fitness test. Oh no, did he do keto? No, so he <laughs> okay. he he had in his head so like coconut coconut oil is good for weight management, which I mean it it, it provides like a good source of fats. Mm -hmm. So like in moderation taking in coconut oil is better than, you know, just eating like empty fats, you know what right, I mean? Right. But he would make coconut and peanut butter sandwiches. No. And he would eat them and then he ended up gaining like 10 or 15 pounds before the fitness test. I was like, you're so stupid. Why did you think that coconut? He's like, oh, I read it was good. I was like, yeah, but now you look like a balloon and now you failed again. Oh, gosh. So. Okay, that's funny. Okay, to my listeners, again, uh, a fitness test. So so you, even when you are in, you have to take these fitness tests a lot and ha and I'm it's so funny it's every because, six months. Yeah, it, yeah, it's every six months, but right now they're not doing them, which my husband was like, sweet very oh, excited about dangerous. it they're not doing yes it is it's dangerous and they're not getting haircuts my husband literally looks like mario oh, uh he, and he, I would he go grew crazy. out a mustache he grew out a mustache too so it's it's been funny and he's really excited because they're going to take cruise book photos and he said i'm buying this cruise book because it's going to be hilarious oh um, i can only because imagine. there's no port calls <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. so wait the navy's not doing any port calls no Oh, it's a good thing no. I got so out when like, I did. No, so he's like, he's like, literally the cruise book's just going to be like, here's beer on a pier. Here's a seal beach party. Here's us in the gated area of wherever we were. Like nothing. Oh, like they can't get off the ship. So, I mean, it's sad because I feel like that's going to cause a lot of turnover from like very young little baby sailors. But um, for, for him, from his perspective, he's like, great. He's like, this will never make me yearn to go out to sea ever again. Yeah, like, nobody's re-enlisting now. Right, right. So... Um, I'm cracking up, but that's so funny with 
it? Oh my gosh. Jeez. Yeah, it was okay. disgusting. Yeah. And, and so, but the military also has this standard that like it was created in like the fifties or sixties. So it's just designed to fail everyone because we're Americans. We eat way too much. And um, a lot of the average sailor probably isn't exercising very often. Um, so I would say that's yeah. pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's always my husband's least favorite time of year. Um, and, and he hates it. <laughs> um, I, I believe it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we have the Peloton bike and, and I'm so sorry, Scott, I, I don't mean to throw you under the bus. I love you. But uh, he, he was really excited because he was like, oh, the gym will probably open back up when we're on deployment. And because it's not open because of COVID right now. Um, so he, we have the Peloton bike and he recorded a bunch of Peloton rides that he could take on this exercise bike. And a few other people that had the Peloton, they were all doing the same, but then didn't ride it for the <laughs> three months before he left. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, babe, like you, you talk all this really beautiful stuff about us having the Peloton, but you like never use it. And he's like, I will, I will. I'll have all these rides. I'm like, all right. Yeah. At the beginning of COVID, I bought an elliptical to keep up my cardio during the pandemic. And uh, my cardio has gone down significantly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, given that it's a pandemic and, you know, we're kind of joking about some of the things, but of course, uh, you know, it, it is a pandemic. It does suck. Um, but what's currently making you happy in the world? So definitely hanging out with my kids. I, I, especially with my oldest, you know, I missed a lot of him growing up. So being able to spend time with, with them uh, has been awesome. Uh, you know, my wife and the podcast for sure. You know, I look forward to talking to the guests and editing the episode, pretty much everything except for social media, because I don't I don't really know how to do social media very well. But um, <laughs> you're doing a good job on it. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> really, it does not look like you're struggling. I but if that's struggled and then, then I mean, it's I a lot notice. of Googling, lots of Googling. But, um, <laughs> you know, those things make me happy. And then this semester, I'm finally going to graduate with my master's. And that makes me happy because I hate school and I want it to end forever. <laughs> so uh, congratulations on that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it'll be it'll be probably a big sigh of relief to not have to deal with that anymore. And I agree yeah. until uh, I have to pay back my student loans. Yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I always like to give uh, my guests the floor to promote whatever they promote. We've touched on it. We've talked about it. Um, so I, I know exactly what you're going to promote, but uh, take the floor on that. Sure. So I host a show that usually releases every Wednesday. We released one, uh, you know, I don't know when this will come out, but as we're talking today um, and yeah, I just have veterans or active duty on and we just tell stories. I try to keep a balance of people that I know personally from my time that we can share, you know, stories together that we experienced, but also I guess just strangers to come on and share their stories as well. I've had everybody from, you know, my best friends to the newest episode that I just dropped has a criminal defense attorney. Um, I've had people, you know, Purple Heart recipients. I've even had my wife on and we had a whole episode about you know, being a military spouse and kind of the, you know, poking fun at different things. Cause I think that uh, you guys get a bad rep sometimes. So it, it I, we try to keep it lighthearted, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, it's available wherever you guys 
get this podcast, I would assume. So. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, as always to my listeners, I put the link and descriptions of how you can get in touch with Derek and his podcast. It is a great podcast. I'm not just saying it. Um, and I'm also not just saying that because I am a military spouse and I'm saying it because I, I do believe that there is just so much that you can give back and do for veterans and, and, and serving and it's, and it's important. And we do have such a strong active and, you know, retired out community. And, and there's just, it's, it's good because it normalizes the ability to seek out for your mental health and, and it, and, you know, it's okay to, you know, talk about that kind of stuff and normalize it. So that I think, I just think it's beautiful what you're doing. And it definitely echoes what my husband's doing in the military currently and encouraging his sailors to do and, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, um, this has been awesome. It's been an awesome yeah, conversation been and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I always like to ask if you have any parting advice for my listeners um, before we let you go. Uh, just, you know, find what makes you happy and, and, you know, try to just do that as much as you can try to, like I said, uh, I, I preach it all the time. Just try to separate, you know, your professional and personal life in any way that you can and, you know, find your happy and, the suck that is uh, COVID in 2020. <laughs> I agree. Thank you so much, Derek. I really appreciate this conversation. And to Thanks my listeners, uh, this is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, podcast about imposter syndrome. Like, subscribe, share, um, and have a great day, Derek. Thanks. You too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.